As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey there, thank you so much for joining me today for the Demystifying Money Podcast. I'm your host, Misty Lynch, and today we're going to talk about spirituality, particularly religion, when it comes to money. I talk to people who sometimes feel internally conflicted when it comes to wanting more wealth, more money, investments, and then they also have some thoughts that wanting those things is, is wrong. And this can be based on all sorts of things, but I thought in particular that some people do mention, you know, the love of money being, you know, the root of all evil. And and they think that, you know, it, it just kind of causes an, an internal, you know, dilemma where it can be really stressful. And some people might actually be preventing themselves from becoming wealthy, from making more money. And the way I see it, money doesn't make someone good or evil. It usually just amplifies the ability for them to do the things that they want to do. If they want to do good things, they can do more good things. If they want to do bad things or they take advantage of people, then they might do that on a grander scale, the wealthier they become. But it doesn't necessarily change a person. It's just, it's just a tool. It's just a thing that we use. But I wanted to dig into this a little bit deeper. I mean, when I was doing a little bit of research, I mean, there's over 2,000 verses in the Bible alone that mention money or wealth. And so it's definitely a topic that is, you know, discussed, you know, when it comes to, to religion. And so I wanted to, d- to dive into it with somebody who actually built a business using religious principles to help her clients make more money get out of debt. She personally got out of debt herself to help pay for her husband's education. And she used, she did that using the principles um, from the Bible that she, um, you know, that she holds very, you know, very deep rooted beliefs that she has. And so Carissa Quaddy is going to join us to talk a little bit more about religion and money mindset when it comes to those internal conflicts that you might have about making money. So when we come back, we're going to be joined by Carissa. Welcome to the Demystifying Money podcast, where each week you will hear unforgettable conversations with expert guests about success, money, business, and small steps you can take to elevate your life and wealth. Now here's your host, Misty Lynch. Thank you so much for joining us on the Demystifying Money podcast. I'm your host, Misty Lynch, and today I am joined by Carissa Quaddy. She is a biblical money mindset coach from changeyourfinances.com. And she's on a mission to help 
established Christian female coaches and service-based entrepreneurs align their money mindset with biblical principles so they can live up to all of the promises and abundance that God has given and leave a biblical financial legacy to their children's children. Wow. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, Misty, thank you for having me. It is such an honor and privilege to be here. It was fun. I, I, I met you a couple of years ago. I think we were both starting out our blogs and we both, you know, I really just, I think it was, it was nice. The group we were in, I feel like all of us just had our own personal mission for why we wanted to help mm-hmm. educate people, um, inspire people, and really just start more of a conversation about money. So I'd love to get started by Maybe you can explain a little bit about how you got into business and your personal debt payoff journey. Uh, So how I got into business was kind of by accident, but I'll I'll tell you. So I started off, um, I went to school to be a sign language interpreter. And along the way, I was told, you know, hey, you're an independent contractor. And so make sure you take out taxes, you know, money for taxes. So you don't have this huge tax bill. Well, then I got married and I'm the sole provider for my family. I'm putting my husband through school as a business owner, right? I just started up, I, you know, created a business uh, for tax purposes and all of that. So I'm trying to deal with an irregular income, getting clients, all the things business related, supporting my family. And we both brought debt into our marriage. I had my car loan. He had student loans and a credit card. I mean, normal family, right? But here's the thing, Misty. All things about money completely freaked me out. And having that added stress of trying to support my family, trying to do all of this, um, I ended up at the grocery store one day. I was right next to the chocolate chips. And I started wiping away tears. Because my only thought was, why can't I figure out how to make money work? Everybody else is doing this. I mean, I'm trying to do all the right things and I don't know what I'm doing. And so I broke down in tears that day. And, you know, in the middle of all this chaos, I had a small journey to see my husband graduate debt free. And I had no idea how we were going to do it. Money was super, super tight. You know, I had that whole business. I have to go out and get my clients and I have to a regular income, like all the things. And like many of you, I thought, you know, if I could just pay off the debt, if I could just figure out how to manage the regular income, like that would solve all my money problems. And I stumbled along the best I could for about two years. And then I realized if we could come up with a couple hundred dollars, we would be debt free by the end of the day. So I had my husband come in, made him click the submit payment because it was his student loan. And as I watched that balance drop to zero that day on March 17, 2010, I didn't realize it would be a defining moment in my entire life. And what I realized as I paid off the debt after all these years of struggling, I realized the bigger problem was not the debt. It was the money mindsets that were holding me captive with strangling fear. And so for me, I'm a Christian and I started applying biblical principles to my money mindset, my finances. And over the next few years, I was able to 
save up $79,775 in cash to pay for the rest of my husband's school. And so friends and family were like, yeah, they just did the same thing that you did just to, like, wow, you know, and they're like, how, how did you do this? You know, you're a business owner, a regular income, you're, how'd you pay off the debt? How'd you save up and pay cash? And so it was at that point, I really kind of started looking at it and like, okay, I have all these years of business experience as a business owner. I've learned all these biblical principles around money and money mindset. And so then I dedicated my life to helping other Christian female entrepreneurs with their money mindset. Such an impressive story. And I think that so many of the things you've said just remind me, and like I've mentioned before, my parents were entrepreneurs and I feel like there's no time where you feel stress and pressure about money more than when you're at the God, the, the, the grocery store, you know, you're just in there with your basket. You're trying to figure out, do I have enough for this? Do I have to put something back? Do mm -hmm. I have to tell my kid to go put this back? And it's embarrassing. And I remember it so vividly, just being with my mom shopping. And like, now I realize like, oh, all those times I was like, can we please get this? Can we get this? Can we get this? The amount of stress that she was feeling <laughs> as somebody who's wasn't getting a paycheck every two weeks, had no idea how to budget. And so for a long time, it was really feast or famine in our house. If we had a check, we spent it. If we didn't get paid for a while, things were really, really tight. So tell me mm -hmm. with that, you know, and I hear that a lot from people who have um, a regular income or they're starting something that, you know, it, it's very dependent, you know, on when their clients pay them and stuff. And they say budgeting is impossible. I can't do it. Mm -hmm. I don't get paid like a normal <laughs> person. And I, I feel like there is a way, but can you tell me some of those, some of those tips you have for people who might be in that boat where they say, this just isn't, this isn't, this is too hard. You know, I, I laugh only because I can, I've been there. You're like telling my story too. And, but I've also figured out a way to budget and, you know, applying my, all these principles to my finances. I learned how to budget on an irregular income and I learned how to pay off the debt. I mean, now, to be honest, I was kind of struggling and stumbling around with paying off the debt. I didn't have a good plan, but now I have, now I teach the women that work with me how to plan for paying off the debt, how to save up that much money. I did all of that on an irregular income. And so the, a uh, couple things, one, and if you want more information, because I know I'm just going to give you a little quick snippet because of time, but I, I do have a course that I will be offering a, a discount code just for you guys, for you and your readers uh, for a regular income on budgeting and paying off debt. So wanted to put that out there because I know it's like take notes really fast and <laughs> like just relax and listen. So first of all, the first tip is look at how much money you have brought in each month for the last year. Is there a consistent amount that you make every month that you know every month I will make this much amount? Let's let's just say it's $2,000 just for the sake of easy math on, on air. And are there months that you make more? So for me, I was following the school system as a sign language interpreter. I was following the school system. The semesters were really busy for me. Summers and winter were 
were slow. And so when I realized that I, yes, I had a minimum amount that I'd bring in during the summer and during the December, but then the rest of the year I would bring in more. Then I started basing my household budget on my lowest month's income. And then I have a system, you know, I use a, a percentage based system. Okay, so if you have a surplus month of, let's say $3,000, we know the 2000 would come home and pay our basic expenses. Then the 3000 or the 1000 additional would now be divided up. Is there, you know, some obviously go more to taxes, uh, then you can bring home some more, have some fun with it, you know, so you have that spending release and then have, um, you know, a percentage to pay to put in for your slow months and then a percentage to whether it's pay off debt or save money or whatever your financial goals are can go to that. That brings a certain amount of awareness too. I think a lot of business owners don't really look back at what months were good. And I will talk to people who maybe they're photographers, maybe they're makeup artists, maybe, you know, and they might make a big chunk of their income in three months out of the year, you know? And so it can Mm -hmm. be very interesting to say, all right, what if we budget like it's January (laughs) every month? And that could be a real game changer because like I mentioned before with our family, you do want that spending release because it feels like when you go without for a few consecutive months, you deserve it. Uh And your brain is saying, Uh we deserve this. We just, the kids deserve to do something fun. We're going to do it. And then the money all of a sudden is gone and it goes back into that same cycle. And it's, Uh it's really almost, I think probably a much more, I'd say, I don't want to say enjoyable, but just even having some sense of consistency, if you have to build it yourself and that's okay, Mm -hmm. it's different, you know, maybe it's not a paycheck, but you can create that. And I love having that sense Mm -hmm. of awareness about like how much money is coming in, because usually we think about budgeting is what's going out and income isn't necessarily like the main factor, but I do think increasing your income can be a very important part of getting out of debt. What are some of your tips for people who maybe say, okay, this is what's coming in, but this just isn't enough. And I think we've seen that, you know, during the pandemic cost of living, (laughs) even the grocery stores getting more expensive, all of the things that we want, you know, my husband went to target the other day and the shelves were empty in certain sections. And so we're seeing this as we're just being normal consumers going about our day. What are some of your thoughts on increasing income that people might just maybe have the blinders on for what they know how to do? and aren't really considering other things. What do you think about that? I, I will tell you when I was in the middle of this, you know, trying to figure out all of this and dealing with the money mindsets and everything at the beginning, I hated an irregular income. I hated being, let me rephrase that. I hated being a business owner. But here's what I've found out. If you have a business owner mentality, you're addressing the mindsets that maybe are holding you back from asking for the sale or um, serving your clients in a way that brings in more income and changes lives. If you're dealing with all of that and then you have this mentality, I think you can, as a business owner, you can create additional income. Whether that's uh, having a side hustle, 
whether that's growing and scaling your business, whether that's having an additional stream of income. And now what I will say is going through all of that with my husband and school and, you know, seeing what was possible, I can give myself a raise quicker and faster as a business owner than if I were a nine to five salaried employee. And so I, w- I want to really emphasize like, absolutely. Um, if you're paying off debt, let's use that as an example, but it can also be used for saving money. If you have a, a money goal that you're working on, getting your household expenses down as low as possible and your business expenses as a business owner, because when you have those expenses down as low as possible, and it also kind of matches with where you are, you know, the lowest month's income, it gives you margin. It gives you room to breathe. And when that does, is that dumps a ton of stress and worry. So that's the first thing, like, do I really need that? Or like, for example, um, my internet, you know, I've been able to, I've changed internet companies. I've looked around, I shop for rates, I've gotten better deals. And so I've switched. So like on things like that, if you can pay 50 as compared to 100, why would you pay 100? That's what I'm talking about, reducing your expenses as low as possible. The second thing is that you want to look at, okay, how do I address the mindsets that may be holding me back from making more? It, it could either be making more or it could be even like you were saying, you don't want to even look at your account. You know, people don't even look at the numbers because there's some level of fear there or maybe there's shame or something else that's holding you back. And so once you look at those things and once you address them and for me and my clients, I address them with biblical principles. But however you do, then you can acknowledge them because what what's happening is subconsciously, like for example, um, uh, Christians, and you probably have heard this, you know, the, the saying that money is the root of all evil. That gets flown around all the time. And when you're subconsciously thinking that, that money is the root of all evil, and to have more money would mean that I'm evil, you are going to do everything possible to keep yourself from having more money. So if you get more money coming in from a client or multiple clients, maybe you're going to go do all that spending, fun things because we deserve it, which, you know, that's another mindset that we need to work on. We deserve it, you know, and it's hard, you know, if you've been limiting yourself on a on a slow period, you know, the three months of summer were really hard for me. They were really tired, you know, and you blow all that money. But maybe the real reason is because you believe that if you were wealthy, you'd be evil. Yeah. I hear that often. I'll have people tell me that they don't like to think about money too much because that's what greedy people do. And I mean, I was definitely somebody who grew up with a pretty solid, well, it was an interesting mindset because we were not, we did not struggle financially until I was about 10 years old. So those first years of my life, I was pretty comfortable having things. My father made a lot of money and he was a successful business person and he, he enjoyed his work. And I saw a lot of that. So I thought being self-employed was definitely the way to go. But then when things changed, I saw the scarcity. I saw that come Mm -hmm. up 
where I knew it wasn't impossible because I'd seen it. I'd just be like, why don't we just go make more money? (laughs) You know how to do it. So I have a very different mindset than people I know that have always grown up with the struggle. And it's very hard to disassociate with that, that feeling like, okay, well, I, I'm above that because I don't care so much about money. I don't care about material things. Corporate or capitalism is bad, everything, you know, and I think it's interesting because it's just kind of a way to have your brain be right, (laughs) you know, to, to figure out ways to kind of support some of the things you're thinking. So it's okay that we're not making any money because that would, you know, but I don't think money, money is actually, I think money is neutral, even in the Bible. I don't think it's necessarily referred to as being good or bad. Um, I, I think that, well, yeah. can I, can I interject yeah. on that? I see when God wants to walk with his people, he wants to bless them mm-hmm. abundantly and make them abundantly prosperous in their homes and their businesses and all aspects of their business and their community. And so that they manage the money and the resources that he gives them, the blessings he gives them, which often shows up in the form of work, mm-hmm. manages them well so that they provide for their family, they increase it, they serve other people and bless other people with the resources that they've been given, you know, taking care of their family, they're celebrating and sharing it with others, they're giving to those in need and increasing it all for the glory of God. And so that they, so that God through this blessing on us and our businesses and how we're handling the money, he can draw others to him. So I actually see that wealth itself is something really positive, not just neutral, like you're saying. Yeah, no, I think like more, more so. And I do agree with the the whole concept of abundance. And I do see that a lot with other coaches and things like that. They're not necessarily maybe Christian or faith-based, but there is a very, um, uh, I think, a abundance mindset is, is certainly having a moment right now with yes. a lot of coaches saying that this is, this is what you need to do. You need to just think bigger and, you know, and believe in yourself, which I believe, I think has some faith-based mm-hmm. backing to it, but, and I mean, money itself, like people are not good or evil because of how much money they have in the Bible. I think there are good people and there are evil and, and it's kind of mentioned in a way, mm-hmm. but it doesn't necessarily make somebody. Well, more. money is a tool. And right. money, exactly. you know, it really magnifies. So if mm-hmm. you're a, a jerk and you're stealing from people when you don't have yes. much and then you get more money, you're still going to be a jerk and still going to be stealing from people. Exactly. Mm-hmm. If you're good and you're wanting to take care of your family, you're generous and wanting to help those in need, you get more money, you have more opportunity to do that. Yeah. It doesn't define who you are. You are already who you are and money just magnifies it. It can. Yeah. It magnifies. And it certainly doesn't have to change a person. It certainly doesn't have to be something to be avoided or to just block out for any reason. I think having more money and the ability to do more with that money is one of the best things Mm -hmm. that you could possibly aim for Mm -hmm. with, you know, yourself, your family. And I, I think that it's very you know, I don't find it noble when people say like, oh, I don't care. I don't think about money. I don't want to make money. I just want to be here because I think that they might be 
missing out on a lot of um, good that they could do in mm -hmm. the world, especially the ones that really truly care about what their what their business, which a lot of people now have entered entrepreneurship, whether it was because they lost their nine to five, whether because it just didn't work with their schedule anymore, if they had children at home and school and all of the things going on. So what are your tips for people who are new entrepreneurs that maybe don't have a year of income to go back on and look at? What, what, what can they do to set themselves up for success right away? I would say be intentional on a couple of things. Money mindsets. You know, what are your beliefs around money? What are your beliefs around business? How, you know, how has your childhood or, you know, other, you know, if there's been emotional or trauma, financial trauma, you know, that can play a part in affecting how you approach money, how you handle money. So really being key on, okay, am I not, for example, showing up and asking for the sale because I am scared to ask because, and this actually happened with one of my clients, she was totally comfortable asking for a $25 a month membership, but she had this phenomenal coaching program for $2,500. She didn't want to ask people for, but it changes people's lives. And so we worked with her like, where did that come from for her? And this may be, you know, something that your audience relates to is when we worked through it, what we realized is when her, when she was five, her parents divorced. And when she was five, her mom now became a single mom and there was struggle. You know, she was trying to make ends meet typical of all a lot of single moms. And so when she would ask her mom for something, it would cause all of this stress and, you know, reaction from her mom that she would be like, how dare you even ask? So she carried that into her business and didn't want to ask for people because she had all of that stuff you know, but she was able, we were able to work with, and after one session, Missy, I have to just tell this brag on her, uh, after one session, really getting to the root of these money mindset issues, she was able to sign two clients at $2,500 before we met the next time. And that's a lot of $25 coaching programs yep. <laughs> when you can make that in two clients. And I, I, I agree. I think that we all have this idea of what is too much. And mm -hmm. I think when we're pricing our services, I'll talk with a lot of people who might say, oh, I would never pay that. And they might not be their target right. client. They might not have a clue what other people would find to be too much. And I'll see people post like, I wanna find somebody here that won't break the bank or that's mm -hmm. affordable. And it's such a subjective term because we really are, I, I know at first I was way off with what I thought was affordable because <laughs> I was very like frugal over a lot of my life because of the way I was raised. And I couldn't believe like some people are spending $10,000, $25,000 on coaching or something like that. And I was like, are you kidding? But it's all relative to what people believe they're getting in return. Absolutely. And so now if I'm doing like financial planning for $2,500, I have so much proof in my brain that it's worth it that it's very easy for me to be like, yeah, this will get, you know, all of these things can happen. All of the, you might even just like before the meeting is done, 
find ways that you could save that money in taxes or other things that you might be missing. But until your brain has evidence, uh-huh. it is very easy to be like, oh no, everyone is going to hate me if I try to charge this or I can't, uh-huh. what would my mother say? Right. And I mean, you could hear that voice in your head. So I think it's really interesting to see like how your clients have come from where they're at just by focusing on the mindset piece of it, which is just a lot of, it's a lot of internal work uh-huh. <laughs> going it's messy. the trauma and the question. It's messy. It's messy, but think of it like this. You're, um, you're weeding your garden. You pull up the weeds. It does get dirty, but now the seeds that are there, the crop that you want to plant actually can grow and flourish because they're not being choked out by the weeds. And mm-hmm. so the result of getting dirty a little, little bit on the money mindsets is that you will have incredible fruit and skills that you will have not only for yourself, but you can pass down to your children because they're watching you. And then you can also um, share with other people too. Can I tell you the second thing that I think new entrepreneurs should focus on? Absolutely. Mindset is the first one. The second thing is you really need to be managing the resources that you get the blessings that you get in your business from day one, whether it's, you know, if it's just um, a regular income, you don't have a lot of expenses. So all of your income comes home and you're trying to manage the regular income at home. Or as you grow and you have more business expenses, you need to know, is my business even profitable? You know, what are my expenses there? How much money's coming in? Because if you have, let's say you have I don't, I I mean, uh, you have a ton of money coming into your business, but if you, the combination of the mindset and you're not managing it, you're not attending to it, you're going to be frustrated all the time because you're like, I'm making good money. Where the heck is it going? And how, and you don't have it to pay off the debt or to save the money or to, invest into your business and have it grow. No, that's such a good point. And I've talked to people who, you know, and if you had asked me, you know, 20 years ago, if people who made six figures, you know, if they ever struggled, I would have been like, no way, of course (laughs) not. They, it, it just was beyond, you know, my realm of thinking, but I mean, I can, I can talk to people who are making very good incomes, but you're right. When there is no attention paid to what's happening, it's very easy to still feel like you're living paycheck to paycheck. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't necessarily matter how much is coming in if you're unaware of also what's going out. And I think a lot of business owners and new business owners are very, it's, it's very hard to not get shiny object syndrome with equipment or, Um, you know, with maybe marketing or other things that you might feel like, oh, well, I need that. Maybe I need that. Maybe that's the magic key to have this business take off. And a lot of times I I really do think the magic is, is just in our own brains. (laughs) It is really just focusing on that. But a lot of times it is hard not to want to spend that money. And then all of a sudden you're like, I don't know if I'm profitable or this is just a really expensive hobby of mine and not a business. So definitely good points there. So I have a, one of my other questions, and I've seen this a little bit, and I, I, I think that it can be something that comes up when I talk to people who maybe are faith-based entrepreneurs and they feel like maybe, you know, what's sold to them is, okay, if you buy into this business or you start this and you, you know, if you're dedicated enough or focused enough or 
pray hard enough, then you'll have success. And I think that I've seen some families where they go into debt for this business with this hope. And maybe the person who did it wasn't ready or didn't want to sell, didn't want to ask for the sale, but felt like if they, you know, if they just were dedicated enough. And so I think that that's something, have you, have you seen that? And I I love that you focus more on like the messages you focus on blessings and kind of interpreting things for people their own way. But have you seen that with some of the entrepreneurs you've worked with or some of the people you work with in the Christian space where they maybe have felt like they failed and need to start over? Oh, absolutely. I mean, both from my own experience and then also with the clients I work with, you know, there's a lot of shame and guilt around money. Uh, And the women I work with, so many of them come to me just overwhelmed and just filled with all the shame and guilt because they feel like they've failed. They feel like they failed at money. They feel like they failed their families. They feel like they're failing God because God has given them this business idea and they can't seem to get it moving. And what it usually is, Misty, is what I've seen is one, you know, it is some of the mindset part. And I think that there's all, you know, and there's all these wonderful coaches out there that do specialize and they have gotten results and you need to really see who they are. Have they really gotten the results? You know, cause marketing is trying to portray something, you know, this will benefit you. It will make your life better. All you need to do is buy your, this product, right? We all do that. That's marketing, but you have to be really discerning in, you know, have they really gotten the results that I'm paying them to get me. And then also, you know, maybe it might be a, yes, these business courses are great, but maybe you should work on your mindset first. Because if you still have mindset issues, even if the the course or the coaching that you buy is fantastic, if you have those mindset issues like hindering you, you may not complete the course. You may try and implement it and have all this faith and it still doesn't work out. And then you're like, well, I must be the problem. I must be the failure. And I want to say you're not, (laughs) you're not at all. You know, it can be a combination of mindsets. Maybe some you don't even realize are affecting you. Like that client I was telling you about when, you know, that happened when she was so little. But it also could be, you don't know how to, you don't have a plan. I'm, I'm real big on the mindset. I'm real big on having a practical, simple plan for managing your finances, whether it's if you're an entrepreneur, business and home, right? Or if you're just listening and you're not an entrepreneur, but managing your home finances, your personal finances. Most of the women I've worked with, they've tried everything. You know, they've tried the apps, they've tried the books, they've tried the coaches and whatever, and it doesn't work. And for a lot of entrepreneurs, it's because one, it's a regular income that people aren't talking about. Two, a lot of these programs I found don't always address you specifically and your needs specifically. And, you know, you having a coach that can really break it down simply and make it a smooth process, because that's all you need a lot of times is just something simple to follow. 
Yeah, I agree. And I think a lot of times people feel like, well, if I join this, then my whole mindset will change. I'll become like the person who is up a level from me, who's an extrovert, who loves posting all the answers. And that might not be that person, but it doesn't mean that they're necessarily bad at business or at money. I think it is a lot of the, a lot of the time, um, it's that guilt and shame that takes over. And that can be so tough. Uh-huh. It can be, it can destroy like uh-huh. your confidence, which then just shows up in so many other areas of your life that I think, you know, if you do, if you do connect with somebody who's actually paying attention to how you operate, how you think and feel, I think that can be so much more effective and empowering than kind of, you know, trying to be a one size fits all type of, you know, fitting into an organization. So I really think that's, that's so helpful, you know, especially for anyone out there listening who maybe has felt that way before and kind of wants to throw their hands up and say, nope, I'm just not going to be the money person in the family. (laughs) Having one person just handle the money alone is very difficult. And I think Mm -hmm. there's always, you know, there can be a lot of surprises. And so it might be worth it to just get back into it, but really to, to think about maybe why, why do you feel that way Mm -hmm. (laughs) and start to see what comes up. So Thank you so much for joining me today. I would love for, you know, everyone listening to, to download, you know, the, the PDF that, that Chris has offered to us, the code. I think that's just wonderful. If you are really trying to figure out how to balance your budget or manage on irregular income streams, I think that just the awareness alone could be so, is so helpful for you and for your family. And I could certainly speak to that because it's, um, sometimes, you know, things can, you know, change and where, you know, where the energy is going and where you're focusing your attention can really bring about positive changes, even without the boost in income yet, or the reduction in debt. But I really do think that that mindfulness can be so key. Can you tell everyone how to, how they can find you if they want to learn more? Sure. Uh, I will put both the worksheet, which I'm giving away a four steps to using your business to create a biblical financial legacy guide. So that's free for you. That's my free gift for you. I will also put the coupon code for my regular income 101 course. It's all self-paced, do it yourself. And uh, I'll put that code there as well on the same page. And it's changeyourfinances.com slash demystifying for demystifying money podcast. Again, that's Thank you changeyourfinances.com slash demystifying. So all of that will be there. Yeah. Yes. Perfect. I thank you so much. And no matter what your faith is, I do think that the lessons that are in here are universal. I really think that there's a lot that all of us can, can gather from being open-minded. And I think so much of it may, some things may resonate with you that, you know, or some questions or some things might just surprise you. So I think that it's definitely worth everyone checking out. And I, I appreciate you coming on. It's so nice to see you again. And if anyone listening is ready to start investing or maybe make those next steps in their own financial plan, please head over to mistylynch.com. I would love to hear your thoughts about this podcast and also see if there's time for us to connect to see how we can help you take things to the next level. Thank you so much for joining. I hope you have a wonderful week. Hey, do you have a lot of beautiful dreams about what you want your life to look like, but feel challenged in making it happen because of your limitations and confidence around money, power, and success? 
you've got to check out the Demystifying Money Coaching Program, where Misty combines her certifications as a certified financial planner and life coach to help members realize a fun and full life is possible for them. Each month, you will get in-depth training, workbooks, and weekly group coaching opportunities to help you bring those dreams to life. Head over to MistyLynch.com to join us. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.